Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper. Our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church as we interview our members and other friends of the ministry. You can attend our church this weekend. We have two services, one at 9 a.m., the other at 11 a.m., and you can attend either. Uh, The usual COVID-19 protocols will be in place, but we'll also have a live stream, and that begins at 9 a.m. on hbcguam.org or on Facebook. That's at hbcguam.org. This week, Exodus 35 and 36, the title of the message, Giving Too Much. Let's begin today's Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. Yeah, we're going to divert a little bit from our series that we've been going in the Sermon on the Mount. This Sunday is a special Sunday for us at Harvest because we're taking up, we're calling it a Harvest Offering. We've been talking about it in our church for a few months. We have a couple of missions projects of friends and partners of our ministry that we're going to be giving towards. And it's also the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And so I thought we'd go off our track a little bit. There's a really interesting story in Exodus 35 and 36. Moses, by God's instruction, calls the nation of Israel to give an offering for their tabernacle. And so you read in chapter 35 and tells about this offering and the call to give it, and the people give generously. And there's a very interesting verse in chapter 36 and verse 7. So the offering was coming in, and everybody was so excited about the building of the tabernacle and the part that they could play in it. And in verse 7, it says, For the stuff that they had was sufficient for all the work to make it, and too much. (laughs) So the people gave so generously that the offering exceeded what they needed in order to complete the tabernacle. And so Moses had to come back to the people and say, stop giving, stop bringing in your offerings. I mean, how many churches uh, have ever done that? But that's, you know, that's exactly what happened with the nation of Israel because they had such generous hearts. I thought it would be appropriate for us. I mean, Harvest is such a generous giving, sacrificial giving church. I know that God's going to honor our offering, but I thought it'd be really appropriate to come and talk about that, even as it relates to Thanksgiving. So I hope that our audience that's listening now will join us on Sunday. We have two services, social distance services, and so we can't pack everybody in the auditorium, but there's a service at 9 and then a service at 11, as you mentioned before, and you'll also be able to get it online, and so we'd invite you to our live stream if that would be helpful for you. Well, I'm really excited today to be able to introduce to you and have uh, with us today Miss Patty Claudfelter. Uh, Patty, glad that you're with us. Welcome to Harvest Time. Well, thanks. Half a day, everybody. Patty is a Harvest Christian Academy teacher. She's a member at Harvest Baptist Church and has been involved in Harvest uh, for a long time, 20 years, right? And in second grade, teaching in second grade the whole time. Is that right? Yes. And then before that, I was coming to church at Harvest for 10 years. Yeah, tell us about that. I had somebody mention that. I didn't know that. I knew the 20 years, but you've been around at Guam for a longer time than that. How did you get to Guam? <laughs> well, uh, I was looking for a job. A friend gave me this information about an organization called Friends of World Teaching. So I wrote to this place, and uh, they had addresses for th- places all over the world. So I saw Guam on there. I didn't know anything about Guam. Wow. All I knew was it's a territory, 
Um, there's military, and it must be safe. That's, that's basically what I knew. So I wrote to the schools on the list they gave me and sent them my information. This is like July, you know, before school starts. <laughs> and I get a call from the principal of this one school, and she hired me to come over. So Wow. I ta- it, it wasn't at Harvest, though, right? It was right. another school. Right. It's a school nearby. And first Sunday, though, I came to Harvest. Hmm. <laughs> So I know now, we'll talk about this a little bit later, that you're kind of an adventurer. Was that true back then? I mean, is that sort of the idea as you're looking for someplace to go teach? Well, I had never left home. I had never ridden a plane before coming here. So, you know, I thought, well, I'll go there for a year. (laughs) That's what I told everybody. And that was, well, 20 years plus 10. That was 30 years ago, right? Yeah. That one year has kind of extended out, hasn't it? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, people kept asking me, when are you coming home, Patty? Oh, maybe next year. Wow. And several years later. <laughs> well, Patty, let's back up a little bit before then. Tell me about uh, where you grew up, maybe a little bit of your family and, and your spiritual story. Okay. Well, I grew up in uh, north central Oregon on a wheat and cattle ranch, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. And um, I have you know parents and one sister. My mom is saved, but my dad is not. So when I was young, my mom had been away from church. She had been kind of away from the Lord. But God made it clear to her, you need to start taking the kids to church because I was at an age, like around second grade, where I could understand, uh, Mm. you know. So that's when I started going to church. And thankfully, the Lord provided a godly lady that was our neighbor to disciple my mom and have Bible studies. And then... uh, a lady in our church had a Bible club that met after school, and so one day she was telling the story about Lazarus and the rich man, and I realized that I didn't want to spend eternity away from the Lord, and that's the day when I um, asked Jesus to be my Savior, and uh, you know, since then, I've had the peace that, that God gives you that someday you know, we have the hope that we'll be with him in heaven, so... Your spiritual life and sort of your spiritual growth. And this is, I always love asking these questions because everybody's story is a little bit different, right? Uh Some people are kind of mentored, discipled in their family, some people within a church. Some people don't really feel like they got kind of that type of intensive discipleship till later. What would be your story? So you became a Christian then. Tell me the rest of it. Yeah. Well, we got to go to church, you know, not every Sunday, but we got to go a lot. And, you know, we, I was just blessed with, there was a few kids my age in our town. You know, our town's only 150 people. So. Oh, wow. Very small town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, we, I, I had wonderful Sunday school teachers that taught us the Bible. And, of course, that Bible club. And then an, a really great teacher in high school. I really wasn't mentored a lot because I lived far away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And we weren't allowed to go to a lot of stuff. So when I went to college, I went to uh, Oregon State. I kind of went away from the Lord. I did. I hadn't planned on it, you know. Right. I thought I was a strong Christian, but I uh, got away from the Lord. Kind of got into the partying scene for a while, and he had, hadn't planned on it at all. But between my junior and senior year, God made it clear. One day, He said, "Patty, do you want to live like this the rest of your life?" Wow, Patty. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. he he like gently kicked me in the seat of my pants and said, do you want to live like this? And I'm like, no, Lord. Mm. (laughs) So I, you know, I made a point to get back on track, get into a good church. And so that 
my senior year at college, a lot of time wasted before that, but I did find a good church and a good Bible study that was very helpful. And then after college, I stayed there in the, the college town another year, and so got to go, still go to that church. And then finally I got hired as a teacher. There were so many teachers in Oregon at that time. So I had good churches to go to until I came to Guam. And then I was very thankful to come to Harvest because, you know, I've just learned so much over the years and have, you know, even from day one walking into Harvest, I found godly friends. Mm. You know, the teachers at Harvest have always been my friends before I even taught here. Mm-hmm. And just spending time with them, spending time here at Harvest and uh, learning so much. So I'm very thankful God brought me here. <laughs> yeah, that's really a great story and encouraging to me on on multiple levels. God's work in our lives and the work of the Holy Spirit just drawing us to himself and to and to his word. That's real that's really cool. So, 20 years, right? You've been a you've been a teacher. What would you say would be no, 30 years, almost 30 years, right? What what would you say would be the best thing about teaching? Well, you know, just interacting with the kids. Now, teaching at Harvest is has been really great because every day we can teach about the Lord. And, you know, really that's why I left public school and uh, came over here. God said it was time, first of all. But secondly, you know, every day we can tell them about Jesus. And I was getting a little bit in trouble at the other school for doing that. <laughs> so I said, okay, I better leave. <laughs> yeah, telling people about Jesus. And, you know, second grade is a an age where they can understand and, you know, they can make a decision if they understand too. So I've seen that and that's awesome. That's the best part. Yeah. Uh, I'm imagining that, you know, you've been here at Harvest for 20 years. So, and you've been teaching second grade, you've watched kids come all the way through and and graduate. Um, Anything that, uh, you know, you'd look back and say, hey, here's one of the funniest things that happened to me in the classroom, or I don't know, you can change the names if you want to protect the innocent (laughs) or the guilty, I guess. Um, Anything that stands out over those years? Well, I I really wish I would have written things down while they happened, you know, but they they come at you so fast. (laughs) But, you know, second graders, you know, always have some funny jokes to tell. And uh, I remember one particular joke that a senior boy here at Harvest said to me and he He's a senior now. Yes, he is yeah. a senior now. Okay. And their family's a member of the church, so if you're listening Castro family, I mean, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so much for protecting the innocent, right? <laughs> but uh, he came over and he he had this book in his hand and it was a picture of this pig with angel wings. So, I'm looking at this picture and he said, "Miss Clodfelter, what do you call a pig with angel wings? And I said, a pig angel. And he's like, oh, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why I remember that, but it was hilarious, you know. (laughs) Second grade jokes, yeah. Yeah, I used to put those on Facebook, too, until uh, I had some friends that were kids, so I stopped, but... Uh, yeah, I'd always put like second grade quote of the day, <laughs> but those are fun. Yeah, that's perfect, actually. I mean, it captures the mind of a second grader, and yeah, that's really great. You know, I was going to mention something, Pastor, that I heard and that I, I was going to try to bring up because as I listen to this, I'm thinking about it in terms of 
editing and things, so I'm listening very closely. And I heard you say that your mom decided to take you to church, and it was around second grade. Hmm. And then I noticed that your life has revolved around second grade. Is there any connection there at all? <laughs> it just worked out that way. You know, I got into second grade at another school, and I liked it, and the, there was right. an opening here for that grade, and, you know, I just enjoyed it. But, yeah. But what happened, what was happening in your life at that time, it's interesting yeah. Yeah. that you're having influence on people. Yeah, at that I must time have got saved, lives. but somewhere between second and fourth grade, okay. somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Well, it is great to think about the influence that has that you've had over these years on, you know, multiple classes of second graders. And that's a pretty cool, you know, heritage and legacy, really. Patty, you've loved Guam. I mean, I think anybody that knows you knows that that's been true. And and you have adventured, well, I think probably outside of the island, but for sure, you've tried to experience everything that's here. I mean, I know there's a lot of boonie stomps, you know, in your background and reef walks. And you're a master level snorkeler. At least that's what I'd say, right? How, how did you get into snorkeling? And maybe you want to talk about Boney Stomps and Reef Walks too. I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, I have loved the ocean ever since I was a little kid. I mean, I used to watch the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau every week. Really? Wow. And when I came to Guam, I said, okay, I'm just going to get in the water. So I went and bought my mask and my booties, and I went down to Aspen Beach, and I got in the water by myself and... The first time I saw the cute little puffer fish, and I was like, wow. So, you know, I just, I didn't even really know how to swim, so I had to learn how to do that down at Epal Beach, where I learned how to swim. But, (laughs) and, you know, it's been fun. Friends over the years, we all like to either boonie stomp or go to the ocean. And uh, I used to do a lot of hiking. You know, now my knees are bad, so I can't really hike, but... Yeah, we used to go all over, explore new places and get lost in the jungle. And But yeah, mainly now I do mostly snorkeling. So I did start a YouTube channel called Seize the Day <laughs> with my snorkeling adventures. And, so. and it's really interesting. Yeah, in <laughs> fact, right, I, I don't know enough about a YouTube channel, but if you type in Seize the Day, we can get Miss Patty's <laughs> snorkeling adventures, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not too famous, so I don't know how to, if it'll come up right away, Well, it has my picture. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, you're not too famous before, but after this gets out, <laughs> I mean, this is going to be viral. I, I've got a good feeling about that. <laughs> what are your favorite spots on Guam? I mean, is it water spots or? Yeah, I think my favorite spot of all is Double Reef, but I can't hike there anymore, so the only way to get there is by boat. I like Cella Bay. That's a wonderful place to go. And yeah, those are the main two spots. Not only, I mean, when we talk about snorkeling, you know, your reputation has preceded you uh, that you see things in the water that most people don't. I mean, you're kind of a master at finding octopus and other things. And in fact, I think I was, was I with you? I, when you said, it's down there, and I'm like looking down there, and I can't see anything, <laughs> but there's an octopus down there, right? So it's just so much time in the water that's allowed you to be able to kind of learn what you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've, I've been like that my whole life, just taking notice of different stuff, even wildlife or other things, too. Have you snorkeled in other places of the world? Has it all, all been here in Guam? I did snorkel a couple times in Hawaii, but not at any place that was that was awesome. It was just near the shore, and so it wasn't very beautiful. But 
Yeah, mostly here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to beat any other locations. Oh, wait. I did go to Micronesia and snorkel a little bit. Okay. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you've been here 30 years. Have you done much traveling in this area to some of the other islands? Yeah. I went a couple of trips to Micronesia. 2003, I spent the whole summer going to three islands, and I uh, actually stayed with families of our college students in uh, Koshrai and Pompeii and uh, Chuuk. So that was really fun. And uh, then this, in two, 2017, I, I made a trip down to Yap for a month, and I, I spent a week with each of our missionaries there, with the, the different Zimmer families in Fice and on Ulithi. I went for a week each place. So that was really awesome mm-hmm. to spend time with our missionaries and uh, see what they're doing there and, and help them when I can. Yeah. And then I got to go to Majuro that same year, too, for our um, freshwater conference. That was that was cool. I had always wanted to go there. Yeah, freshwater conference means you're um, instructing teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so each summer, I think each summer, we, we put a group together, a team that goes— is it always to Majuro, or I think maybe to some other places, right? It's every other year to Majuro and Pompeii. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's basically a seminar helping to train teachers that are there both in in both of those islands. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really neat opportunity. You've had a chance to watch kids that were in your class then then come through Harvest, and you know many of them graduate. As you've watched that, you know what have been some of the most you know, just compelling or fulfilling parts of, you know, being able to see students come through the campus and see your influence on that? Well, you know, it's just neat to see them, see what kind of person they are as they, as they grow up. And uh, I don't know a lot of them as adults, but, you know, I see them once in a while and it's really neat to, to see what they're doing and where they've gone and what college they're going to and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's got to be interesting to be able to see. Man, I remember that one as, well, lots of them as they're in second grade and now, you know. Yeah, I always, I'm always curious to see, you know, how, what are they like, you know, as a high school student or as a college student, you know, because second grade, they're just little and, yeah, you know, they're totally different as an adult, so. I've appreciated this very much, Patty. What would you say is the best thing about following Jesus? Well, the best thing about following Jesus is just that uh, knowing that it's it's real, it's true. You know, once you've trusted Christ, he gives you that peace, you know, in your life that, you know, whatever comes, you're going to be able to deal with it because God is always with you. And, you know, we have the hope of heaven someday, and all the troubles and everything that happened in this world will be over, and it'll be a perfect time forever. That's really the hope of heaven. Yeah. Well, I know that this year has been challenging in a lot of different ways. In fact, I think just before we came up here to record this, you were out distributing uh, packets to students that are, you know, you're trying to connect with them online, but also giving packets to work on. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We uh, sent out uh, the next couple of reading books that they'll need and science books and and then we included some fun things in there for Thanksgiving and Christmas because uh, we won't see them in person for a while. So that was fun, seeing the students that came through Carline. Yeah. Well, our hope is that we'll be able to be back 
you know, in person in January. At least that's what we're praying and hoping for, and we'll see what happens on our on our island. So I know that it's been a challenging semester for you, but I'm thankful very much for your long-term testimony, the enjoyment that is evident as you teach and instruct, and then you're just, just your testimony for Christ. I'm thankful for that. Thank you for serving Christ here at Harvest, and uh, thank you for joining us here today. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad I could help. I'm glad he uh, let me help in his ministry. Yeah, amen. Thanks, Patty. You're welcome. (laughs) And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Well, we do want to remind you that you can attend Harvest Baptist Church. This weekend, we have two services, one at 9 a.m., one at 11 a.m. You can attend either one. There's COVID protocols that are in place at that time. But we do live stream the 9 a.m. service as well, so you could attend online also. Check hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org for more. This week, Exodus 35 and 36, giving too much. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.